here today to have a conversation about a recent um, professional development opportunity here in the Office of Ideas. Uh, it was the Assignment Design Institute. It was a three-day experience. And uh, some of the topics that we talked about was making more uh, transparent, universal, and relevant assignments for students. And so uh, we're just going to have this roundtable conversation, and we'll get introductions out of the way at the top, and then get into the first question. So my name is William Hardaway. Uh, I'm the instructional designer here in the Office of Ideas. Jason McGinsey, also an instructional designer here in Ideas. And I'm Sean Gordon, uh, an assistant professor in the English department. So Sean, you recently um, did the assignment design institute. So the first question we have for you is, why did you decide to do it? Yeah, um, I mean, I had already been thinking about redesigning some assignments after my first year um, at Fresno State. You know, I didn't have ex the, the language exactly, um, which I've now picked up from the Institute, but around issues of relevance, mm -hmm. certainly universal design, uh, accessibility. Um, I think a lot about relevance for my English majors. Uh, they uh, sometimes are concerned about the relevance of their degrees for you know their to you know how they're going to apply their degrees to their careers personally I don't think they need to worry too much about that but they are worried about it so I want to have the language um, and the tools to to help them think through the questions they have and you know make their degree work for them as as much as possible so I was thinking about that all, already um, I also think a lot about assessment. I, I sort of consider myself someone um, who would be better off without grades, or I, I think my pedagogy is better off without grades in some way. I would maybe call myself a grade abolitionist or something like that. Um, I, you know, and there's a lot of evidence that I that I already knew about um, as to why grades are not such an effective mode of assessment. But I, I didn't really have some of the language or tools for um, for bringing that home and bringing that to the classroom. And, and so I, I wanted to learn more about that. And I figured we would cover it in the assignment um, design institute, which we did, and that was great. And then I guess a final reason is, you know, like I said, I kind of already wanted to tweak some assignments uh, to make them especially relevant to Fresno State students and this seemed like a really perfect time right at the end of the semester get some work done on those assignments you know sort of build on the momentum of the end of the semester to to get some work done that I already wanted to do this summer um you know and to be supported uh both in community and from you both um and your colleagues and in the office and uh, financially as well <laughs> it was pretty great. So, um, uh, yeah, I guess those are some of my reasons I, I signed up. It's interesting you you're talking about your your students who are going into English as a as a field, or maybe not even going into English as a field, but they're definitely majoring in English. And I was a philosophy major, and I feel like in the arts and humanities we have that conundrum of like what is 
what I'm not a engineer or a, yeah. like I don't have a job that says philosopher and so what yeah. do I do with my bachelor's degree so how did like on that topic of relevance like what are some ways you've thought of so far to give them that career relevance well I tell them about my journey to becoming an English professor which uh passed through lots of different jobs um <laughs> uh you know, lots of different jobs before grad school, lots of different jobs during my PhD. So I just tell them about that. And, um, you know, one one thing that I really focus in on is my previous life in publishing. Um, it was really just a handful of years that I worked in publishing, but um, I like to just give them examples so they have ideas about what they can do. And, you know, sometimes they don't really they hear about they know books get published because they read them um but they don't necessarily know what it, how they get made uh so talking about the editorial managing editorial how a publishing house works you know giving them something to envision but there's a you know there's also, also a lot of research um out there about what english majors can do in their careers and you know as it turns out it's just about everything um you know and I try to tell them you know don't don't worry about it like you have these amazing skills and we talk about what those are whether they're communication skills writing skills critical thinking skills mm -hmm. um rhetorical skills uh what have you and and how how they can be applied in all sorts of fields you know they'll go on and get specialized training in in other areas where when necessary and when needed there's a great infographic that uh the publisher ww norton has put out that's just like it's kind of a skills-based infographic like for english majors in particular but it's kind of like are you really into writing argumentative prose <laughs> you you know these are some fields you could go imagine these fields and it, it's just kind of this almost venn diagram kind of flow chart sort of thing are you really interested in critical thinking? You could go into these fields. Are you, you know, um, are you just really into reading? You know, you could go into these fields. Um, so I've shared that with students. Um, yeah, so those are some of the ways I, I, I try to make it relevant for them. But I also just kind of tell them, like, why, you know, I ask them why they're, why they're English majors. They love to read. They love to write, they love art. And I say, well, you know, whatever work you do, you know, you're not reduced to your job or, or whatever. You just you know, continue to be a reader, continue to be a writer, continue to be a thinker. Those are lifelong pursuits and, and, and they'll make your life more interesting at the very least to continue to do that stuff. And whatever you do for a job, is what you do for a job is what you do for money is what you do because you know that's the, that's the world we live in um but you know reading writing thinking talking about books being in community with people around literature and art and stuff that that'll um sustain you for you know sustain you for your life so yeah and it's a good reminder for them that college is not just a job preparation program mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. But that's 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 some of the that language I think has really taken over a lot of you know higher education that it's that it's uh, career preparation as right. opposed to 
life as opposed to the pursuit of you know intellectual life or artistic life or whatever which you know it's it's both of those things or all all of those things but we're not seeing how those things can be career preparation Um, yeah you know it takes a different look at that but let's get back to the assignment design institute so we're talking about assign uh designing assignments so let's talk about you know what assignment or assignments did you take a look at during Mm -hmm. the event and you know what what did you find were sort of pinch points that students had that you needed to tweak towards or areas that you felt needed to improve uh, on you know one or two assignments that you were looking at during that time yeah i ended up looking mainly at a um a discussion leader assignment so you know i think it's really important um for students to uh help lead discussion it, it makes a class uh, really student-centered. Um, I also think um, that it's important for students to have an opportunity to uh, to contribute, I guess you could say verbally or something like that in class. I don't always require students to, to talk in class because there's multiple means of assessment, you know. Um, they don't always need to talk. There's There's writing, there's, you know, many ways that students can demonstrate learning, etc. But I do think it's uh, important in, in this field, in my field, to get people talking. So I have this discussion leader assignment where students have to come in and, and uh, or actually they have to submit questions to me about something we've read, a work of literature, poetry, short stories, whatever it might be, um, and write up some discussion questions and run them by me ahead of time and then bring them into class um, and talk to their peers about them as, you know, pro- you know, present them to their peers. So it's not a formal presentation, but the reason I like to do it this way is I think that uh, sometimes there's too much of an emphasis that students need to have, like the answer, some assertion, some claim, some argument about a work of literature. But I think that it's just as, and, and we practice that when we write essays for the most part, but also just coming at a work of literature through questions, um, and learning how to ask questions rather than just make assertions and arguments, I think is a useful skill in, in our field as well. Um, so I don't really remember exactly why I picked that one, but I've had some, I guess you could say, pinch points uh, in, in creating that assignment. It's usually really successful, but you know, students don't always take full advantage of, of what it means to kind of hold the space for an hour you know, whether that's about thinking of themselves as teachers, how should I arrange the the classroom? What information do I need to to present to my classmates um, before I get into the questions? Uh, things like that. So I really wanted to re rethink how to do that. I also wanted to rethink how to get um, you know, students who are quieter or, or more shy or whatever, how to how to make them more comfortable during the process, because I thought there were perhaps some accessibility problems uh, or potential problems with the with the assignment as it as I had run it previously. Um, so I, it was really helpful to to map it out the assignment map, both the simple one and then the more you know involved. I forget exactly what you called it, but the more complex one. 
that we did the second time around was really, it was really helpful because I had to really think about what it was like from their perspective before, during, and after, um, you know, and rethink it from my own perspective. And then in the complex map, I really enjoyed thinking about who, who else on campus, other stakeholders could be involved in this kind of thing. Because it's a public speaking issue um, at the core, um, you know, how to deal with students' anxieties, how to get maybe their other classmates involved in the project, just who, who else is involved in this kind of thing uh, or in this kind of assignment. So um, I, I hope I'm being uh, clear in talking about that, that assignment, but that's what I chose to, to remap or to map for the Institute. And then, you know, I have a couple of other assignments that I've, I've been thinking about in the ensuing weeks, and then I'm going to submit at the end of the semester. And one is a, a group project. I'm going to be teaching online in the fall. And uh, for my American literature students, I sometimes do this thing called a, like a keyword essay where students in small groups track a keyword in the readings. Like the, the keyword could be freedom or, you know, um, it could be, you know, colonialism or something like that. And they track it throughout the semester and then write just an essay about where they've seen it, but they write it together. I think it really works well in online teaching. And I started doing it when we were, you know, in quarantine and, and teaching on Zoom. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna re I'm gonna map that assignment again and see, you know, how I can improve it for uh for the fall semester. Um and then I, I'm probably gonna submit a third assignment as well, but I haven't quite decided what it's gonna be. But I, I I've just sort of been like the keyword project. Uh, has been sort of percolating. I'm thinking like how I would map it out. And I think I'm going to do that for um, for the Institute when, when we submit uh, new maps in August. What was your experience like as a participant? Uh, we had y'all working in groups. You're on the student side of the table uh, for this experience. Uh, what was the experience like for you participating in in the institute? I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was uh, it went by so quickly, to be honest. You know, um, you know, the two day we had two days in the office, and then one day just reviewing resources and writing up a a, a presentation. I I actually ended up like I, I knew kind of everyone would do sort of a, or I thought everyone would sort of do a brief PowerPoint presentation. So I wrote like a short essay for mine. <laughs> um, but I thought, you know, hey, the, the gist of this whole thing is multiple means of assessment and all that. I'm going to do it how I, how I would do it and, uh, you know, do it in good faith. Like I reviewed a lot of resources and, and wrote up what I thought about them, synthesized them and stuff. But I, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I also made some, uh, well, okay, so I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. It was really nice to be validated around some things, again, that I had already been thinking about. And assessment's a big one, but also relevancy and uh, universal design. Like, reviewing those resources on that Wednesday, I guess, was, um, was, was really, yeah, I just learned a lot in a very short amount of time and felt very validated, both from reading through those 
materials and also through all the great presentations you did during the during the um, during the days we were we were present, we were in person. Um, it was also just fun to meet people around campus, you know, like I made some new connections. I met some people I, uh, you know, hadn't met before, got to catch up with some people I, I know already um, and made some connections that I think will be uh, fruitful, you know, for collaborations and stuff down the line, even if they don't have to do with the, the, the Institute itself. Um, I realized some of us realize that we have mutual interests, even if we're in different fields. And so, you know, it was a good opportunity to meet people from different departments. Um, but yeah, my experience was, was pretty, pretty straightforward. You know, I, I was really involved in the, in the small group I was in. Um, it was a big group. Uh, it got kind of loud in there sometimes and a little, you know, which means that people were very enthusiastic and, and animated. I, I didn't necessarily volunteer too much to the full group uh, just because, you know, it felt like we could have been there for weeks doing this institute. So it was just like, you know, there's a lot to say. There was a lot to chew on. Um, but <laughs> uh, this isn't much of a punctuation mark, but positive experience. It was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I, I, just, I really learned a lot. So like, what were the other disciplines at the table and where did you see the intersections? Yeah, there was, there was someone in my group who, uh, um, I don't want to get her name incorrect. Hatun, I believe. Um, who works on issues of stuttering and so forth. And I've been reading a poet recently named Jerome Ellis, who, who writes a lot about his own experiences with stuttering. And he, he writes really interesting poetry that visualizes st the stuttering. And I, I was like, Hatun, I, I told Hatun about this person and she's like, oh, I, I know him. I know him or I know of him, um, but I didn't know he wrote poetry so much. He's just like, she knows him as a activist around issues of stuttering and so forth. But I was like, oh, well, we need to, this is just one example, but we need to like connect about that because man, it'd be really cool to do something where we could get him to come to campus or something um, and talk both about poetry to my literature students and, you know, talk about, um, you know, advocacy around stuttering and so forth for Hatun students. And so, I, you know, I don't know what will come of that, but it just was a, a, a cool connection that just comes up from literally just getting to know one another. <laughs> I love that connection. That, that, that sound is so powerful. It's so yeah. serendipitous, right? That yeah. Think. yeah, it was really cool. So I, 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 I shared, um, what I know about Jerome Ellis's work, because I have his book and, you know, he's a musician and as well. So I shared some of that stuff and with Hatun, um, but we're going to, we're going to follow up at some point. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a, you know, I like that space in the, in the office of ideas, just the, you can be in these little clusters, but then you, you do feel like a part of a whole 
a whole classroom. And um, it was interesting to see what people researched during that asynchronous time. Um, AI was like really on people's minds and, you know, what, what that's going to do for the status of the assignments. Um, Cause if a robot can do all of our assignment, all of our students assignments, what's going to happen. But generally I don't think people are, are that concerned about it. It's, it was, it was refreshing that your approach to it was not that I expected any different, but it was refreshing that your approach to it was uh, play around with it, see what it does. Like, you know, um, you, you reduce your your fear of something by familiarizing yourself with it, and also check out its potentials, its possibilities. You know what it's useful for and its limitations too, because it's it's not, you know, it's not all that. Um, and I've, I, you know, I um, I give my students essays, I, I write prompts for them that are really specific to things we've talked about in class and whatever. So they're almost like AI, um, you know, invulnerable or like AI immune or whatever, but probably not really. But, I, you know, last, uh, last semester, we just ran in class, we ran my prompts through AI to see what would would happen. And they were like, Oh, that's it. Okay. Like that, that's all it can come up with, you know? So I'm like, well, you know, I'm sure if you played around with it a lot more, you'd get some more interesting answers, but then you'd just be doing mu as much work as writing the essay itself and whatever, if that's what you want to do, let me know, you know, it's I'm not, you know, like it's, uh, we're all going to be, you know, using AI a little bit more in our lives, but it's, it's also like not going to take over all of the intellectual uh, work and artistic creative work that students do um, when they write essays. So anyway, yeah, you, you all just took a really just open-minded kind of uh, approach to all the, all the topics and yeah, I appreciate it. And, and having to work with people from all over campus who create so many different kinds of assignments um that must have been difficult for you all just to think about how to form structure format an institute for for people all over campus i'd be curious to hear you both speak of you know how your how your experience of it was and how your approach to designing the institute was with with that in mind that there's just like a huge diversity of you know um departments represented and stuff well uh yeah we, we could talk about that after the interview and and uh we just want to close it here because you talked about how powerful the space was and it was pretty powerful and we want to thank you for giving us this space right now to interview you and pick your brain about um assignment design and and hopefully we'll continue to hear from you and the great stuff that you're doing yeah, thanks, William. Yeah, thanks, Jason. To learn more, visit our website, academics.fresnostate.edu slash ideas, or contact us to share your story, ideas at mail.fresnostate.edu.